0: an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State, from the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining and farming.
1: We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return
0: to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II... We now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free
2: New York. All right, welcome everyone to Radio Free New York. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today, and we are joined by a guest this afternoon, Tim O'Connor, who is running for New York State Senate in the 51st Senate District which of course reaches just a little bit into uh some of our listening area down in our partner stations uh WENY down in the southern tier uh the Patriot down there uh the listening area it's a, it's a bit in in your district Tim fantastic but, yeah so so Tim tell tell, tell us who you are why you're running what you yeah.
0: doing? Those are great questions bud we're looking at the Cortland Marathon area, where that where you reach, where our area our reach overlaps. Now I, I'm running for New York State Senate, District 51, and we're the heart, the breadbasket, the the rust belt of Central New York. Okay, we we've seen an economic decline over the last decades and and the solution always seems to be more government. They keep forcing us with, with more virtue, more government, more taxes and they chase people out of the state. I have a 30-year-old kid moved to Richmond, Virginia because she can't make a living here and I, and I want to change that. We've got to reinvent, reimagine a, and redo governing. It's 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 a mess, man. We can't pretend it's not.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think you'll find a sympathetic audience here on Radio Free New York. And so you're running as a as a libertarian, right? That's
0: correct, sir. All right. Why? Why do you want to run with those folks? Well, because they're crazy enough to be just like me, bud. I mean, there's conservatives here, there's liberals here, and we're realizing we're seeing the state, this omnipresent train wreck we're driving towards a titanic and our only power is to rearrange deck chairs and and we've got to do something about that so there's people that love the state and they want they want to point a gun at you and force you into their solutions and we see that that's not working it's a complete failing model all over new york And, and we we libertarians can do better
2: yeah, no, I mean, so, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's uh, definitely some opportunity to to better, you know, and, and to offer a solution outside of the, the two party system. So so before we, we go much further, because I, of course, you know, I love talking about the actual policy solutions, like, tell tell us a little bit more about your district. So so you're running in Senate District 51. Yeah. Um, for, for those who don't know, where that is, or what that looks like, you know, you, you described it as Central New York, which, you know, of course, I, I'm familiar with. I'm from the Utica Rome area. We call ourselves Central New York there originally, right. you know. Uh, but but what what does this district cover? What does it look like?
0: Okay, so it looks like a ray gun, a Martian ray gun. It goes all the way down <laughs> to Ulster County, all the way up to Herkimer County, and then all the way out to Cortland County. It's it's gerrymandered it's a rural community with some small towns and college towns um primarily our primarily industry is tourism, agriculture and ed- education so when we look at it it's literally has the size of Connecticut just just this district um so That's as we big. travel yeah. through it it's a beautiful lush area with houses falling in the ground and schools closing. And, and all of those things that we see all over the area, all over New York, but it's, it's sort of exacerbated here. So we have answers, we have solutions, we need to grow hemp, we need to, we need to legalize marijuana in a way that it benefits individuals in our community. And that concerns me that it'll never happen that way with the omnipresent, omnipotent state and the rules that they make
2: right so so we got you know like specifically with like a hemp agriculture right like there's people are able to grow it now you know of course you gotta you gotta get permission from andrew andrew cuomo and and, his, and you know that state apparatus right but but it's right. not easy you can't just like show up be like Yo, yeah, i'm gonna grow some hemp today and like that's a, what makes sense there's a market for it and start planning no you're not able to
0: do that right so like no the, you've got to fill out all sorts of paperwork you've got to dedicate a certain amount of acreage You've got to provide that to your local sheriff department, and it's like, okay, so you can grow hemp, but it seems like such a hassle that we've got to do better. We've got to make it easier.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's how it goes with a lot of stuff in New York State, right? They'll, they'll yeah, be like, oh, yeah. well, technically that's legal. You're allowed to do that. You just got to go through the process. And the process yeah. is to ensure safety for you, for the consumers, for, for the entire community. So, like, don't you care about safety, Tim?
0: <laughs> I I think that I could watch a hemp farm in my backyard, okay? I could oversee it. I could protect it. The, the police explain that maybe some kid's going to sneak some actual marijuana seeds in there and then harvest the crop, so they want to keep an eye on it for you. Um, some of those things make sense, but, you know, it's like this regulatory burden. There's a $500 fee to grow it. And and if, so the farmers that can afford to do it, this is like a rounding error, error excuse me, like $500. Yeah. Bucks. It's no big deal. But if I just want to go grow hemp, I could actually get busted if I don't f- jump through all the hoops. And I think that that's a problem. It's going to be a discouraging situation.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and again, that that's exactly what ends up happening with, with a lot of businesses in New York State, right? Like it's, it's, it's a bunch of these things that like kind of on the surface, you're like, oh, well, maybe that sort of kind of makes sense, right? Like I can I can see the logic and why you're adding this stuff. But when you add thing after thing after thing, it becomes impossible to operate a business in a normal manner, and unless you have an enormous amount of time and usually money to pay for lawyers to jump through all these hoops correctly, because goodness, if you do something wrong, they're gonna nail you. You know, they're doing like, oh well, you, you well you you should've done it right if you didn't want a fifty thousand dollar fee.
0: You know, like that's that's yeah. how are these things end up going. We we see that all over. It's not just hemp, right? Like certificates of need. If you want to open a medical facility you've got to prove to your town that you need the medical facility and none of that makes sense that's it's anti competitive uh competition excuse me yeah and uh, so we look all over new york and we see these rules that are preventing us from interacting with each other that that causes them to take our money take it to the state and and hurt our neighborhoods hurt our communities that i don't know i think you know exactly what i'm talking about you know,
2: I do know exactly what you're talking about. Again, you know, I, I think the the listeners of this station, you know, wh- whether they're, they're in your district or, you know, they're in Livingston County or the Southern Tier or, or anywhere, they're, they're seeing some of these same problems here, which is, you know, why, you know, I, I've heard you talk about some of these issues before and why I wanted to bring you on the show. Because, again, the, these are problems that are faced all across upstate New York, right? Like, we're all seeing this, right? Like, yeah. it's not a... It, it, and, and oftentimes, like, the problems in our community originate with New York State policy that make it impossible for our communities to thrive. And that, that's the frustrating thing to see over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, so I had some people reach out to me about uh, rural broadband. This is something we're all kind of paying taxes for. It's been licensed. It's been approved through the New York State Assembly and the legislature, and endorsed by Andrew Cuomo. They grant licenses and they grant regions, so we have two possible competitors in our area that want to provide Internet broadband. And with schools not opening and opening late due to this government response to the COVID crisis, what we're seeing now is Spectrum, the biggest of the two, sending lines down roads and ignoring pods of houses with 40 or 50 people where the other the competitor to spectrum which i can't even think of their name right now which i i wish i could because i want to give them a shout out they're out putting lines in and they're delivering uh broadband up roads but since it's licensed and uh jurisdictionalized right spectrum can just say no to 40 customers because the fiber optic cable that's going in is just too expensive and they'll never get their money back the other businesses like we would take those guys Give us a shot at them. I think it's Otsego Rural Development or REA. Mm -hmm. It's part of the um, option to NYSEG here where you can get a a local provider for your electric to manage your lines. But there's not any real choice there. It's kind of make-pretend choice almost.
2: Uh, you know, that that's interesting. And, you know, I don't think we have uh, time to get into that right now. But, like, the rural broadband, rural, like, access to uh, services like this, you know, how do you manage that in, in a free market setting where some of these companies, they're like, ah, we won't feel like providing it. So, like, what's the barrier to getting that? Uh, so we'll talk uh, more about that with Tim O'Connor running for New York State Senate and District 51 in just a few minutes here on Radio Free New York. Talk to you soon.
0: You're listening to Radio Free New York.
2: Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host here today, joined by Tim O'Connor, who's running for New York State Senate in District 51. And of course, shout out to our friends who are listening not just on WYSL. We're here live noon to one and if you want to give us a call, 585 346 3000 That's 585 3000 If you want to call in and ask him a question um, but of course, shout out to our friends on the line at uh, WENY, The Patriot the su- in the Southern Tier, Nelmira, and WACK out in Newark. Thank you, folks, for listening today. And our friends who are listening online, too, our friends on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all of those places. You guys rock as well. Thank you for being here today on Radio Free New York. So, Tim, before the break, we were talking about, uh, we were talking about rural broadband, right? And so you know, there, this is a big issue in some parts of New York State. Um, and, you know, like I live in the city. I live in Rochester. Uh, you know, I have – I can choose from Spectrum. Uh, I could choose from, um, you know, Frontier. Uh, you know, I, I got green light access in my area, which is a nice fiber system. You know, in a lot of rural communities, as you're kind of describing, and as many of our listeners would, would know and understand this, you don't have those same choices because it is, it is expensive to lay down those lines you know if you're gonna you know lay out you know a half a mile of cable to to reach one or two houses a lot of a lot of these internet companies are saying, well, that just ain't worth it. we're never gonna make our money back so right. so does New York State need to subsidize this or are there other barriers that New York state's implementing to having other types of competition in these areas
0: yeah so as Libertarians were trying to come up with nifty solutions to problems like this. And I don't know that I have the perfect answer, but we're looking at the situation. And it's almost like Wi-Fi has become an infrastructure issue. Should, Mm -hmm. Should at some point the government say the infrastructure is ours and you pay us for it? Because there's literally kids who can't attend school but also can't access Internet. And so how do we combine that? First of all, even here, we could, we could do better with more competition because one company is, in fact, saying, we'll bring you the Internet right to your door. And the bigger company that's more involved in the corporatocracy with New York State is saying, well, that's not profitable for us to head up there. And we're meeting our target installations anyway just by going down this road three miles away from you. So where do we go? I, that's a great question, um, and it's a challenge. But the answer is, is for now, we've got to get these kids Internet access. And so the government could own the infrastructure, the companies could sell um, the Internet access, and maybe we'd get a more competitive price. Um, so that, those are things I've been kicking around since Monday when I was made aware of this situation by a potential constituent. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, which way would you take it?
2: oh so you're interviewing me now all right yeah Sorry, <laughs> right.
0: turn it right around you know
2: yeah no 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 that that that's a that's a fair question because I I think about this stuff too right because I'm you know here's my kind of inclination is that like I I get that in some municipalities the government right will will put in the fiber they'll build the infrastructure and then like the internet service providers just access part of that bandwidth to to, to be able to provide their services right so like that's sort of kind of what happens in parts of monroe county right Uh, Right. because the county just built a bunch of infrastructure now now the problem is is that you put in all these sunk costs and when there's innovations in the market it it becomes much harder to adapt because now you have this big subsidized infrastructure that you're not able to get around when we eventually do get you know like satellite internet that's going to be huge for rural communities like yeah. if you're able to access cheap satellite internet and it's it's good and reliable and it doesn't cut out on every cloudy day because i've used you know satellite services for other things before too that's yeah. going to be great so so how can you do that bounce off the signal and be able to serve these communities effectively without government infrastructure and my only pushback to what you said and and again i'm not saying you're wrong and i understand that you're uh yeah. a lot of your constituents feel this way but you know like why should i as as you know, a city dweller subsidized the infrastructure for rural communities. You guys chose to live out there, you know. So why why should New York State and, therefore, my taxes pay for, you know, anything, fiber, roads, uh, you know, water lines, gas lines, and building this stuff out, which doesn't always pay for itself with, like, property
0: taxes over time. So why, why should we do that stuff? Brother, as a libertarian, I'm right there with you. <laughs> You you made the decision to live out there, but but we are reaching a point where these licenses have been granted. There's a portion of our tax dollars that are everybody who's involved with spectrum they're already being charged, as far as I understand it. Um, And feel free to correct me, but I think that that's what's going on. Um, You know,
2: a lot of times you're right. You know, like the, the state has kind of already paid for some of this stuff. And now they're like, nah, yeah, but we're not going to take it the extra step. And I'm like, well, yeah. about it's a they year paid ago, for Cuomo it already. Was,
0: yeah, about a year ago, Cuomo was threatening to pull Spectrum's business license because they weren't meeting their targets on rural Internet access. So I guess based on that news, I make a presumption or intuitively see that we're already paying for this, that this infra- infrastructure has already been paid for. We've already bought it from a corporatocracy that's heavily involved in licensing and regulations. And buying regulations. Um, so don't they have an obligation to provide that? Didn't we already make that agreement? And so how do we d- deliver that agreement better?
2: Yeah. All right. So it sounds like we've got a, a caller on the line. Uh, Bob from Henrietta.
3: Bob, yeah, good afternoon. How are you doing?
2: Good. Um,
3: the host just mentioned my main point here. Aren't you just asking somebody else to pay for your service?
0: Yeah, Bob, the the point is is that we've already paid for it. It's not so much that I want it to be that way, but we've already paid for it. Don't we have an obligation to deliver it?
3: The the Spectrum deal was a blackmail thing by Cuomo no in doubt. order to Cuomo, excuse me, Spectrum was getting bought by Charter or somebody like that corporate gamesmanship. In order right. to allow that deal to go through, Cuomo blackmailed Charter.
0: That sounds like and, Cuomo. Yeah. <laughs>
3: you know, you're betraying, you claim to be a libertarian, but you're betraying the very principles because libertarians aren't going to want other taxpayers or the government to pay for their services. There's a I, lot of very good things living about living in the boonies, but yes. there are some very bad things, too. You yes. want to have the good things without, without having to pay for the bad things.
0: I don't think that's exactly what I'm saying, but I think your criticism is fair, Bob. Like, I don't get me wrong, all right? We're wrestling with a complex issue for sure, all right? What we have here is a company that says, if that was our area, we would deliver it. What we also have is the agreement between Spectrum and New York State to deliver rural b- broadband. So as a libertarian... A promise was made, a contract was made, and so now don't we have an obligation to enforce it? And I certainly understand. I don't feel as though I'm betraying libertarian principles, but I'm saying we need more effective governance, and I think that's the issue well, I'm wrestling with.
3: Step out of it.
2: Yeah, you know, Bob, I think we'd all
0: agree on that part, right? Yeah, no, definitely, man.
2: Yeah, so I think I think we, I think we all agree, and I think Bob, you're, you're kind of echoing the the criticism I threw at Tim too, you know. Which it, would, I think I think Tim thinks it's fair, and I think what we're all trying to figure out too is right. Like if you're going to live in these areas, you know, how do you navigate? Uh, and again, thank you so much for the call, Bob. Yeah, thanks, uh, you Bob. know, how do you how do you navigate? Um, you know, paying for these services in these areas, and you know, and is it is it fair for New York State to do that, or do we do we need to open the markets a bit more? Do we need to get the government out of it? You know, what, what what's the solution here?
0: Well, that's kind of the point I'm, I'm leaning towards. There is, there is a company here, the REA, that would take advantage of this group of houses. Okay, they're circled around a lake. It's a beautiful area. They would get in there, and they would deliver the Internet service that these kids require. And they feel like they would make money. So, like, Spectrum's overhead is kind of interfering. And so, yeah, we're talking about—and, Bob, believe me, man, I get what you're saying. I really do. But we still have an issue of a promise that was made that the government yeah. isn't meeting.
2: So, you know, like if we're looking at this deal, right, and we're, um, you know, even if it wasn't made with terms that we would like or appreciate, right? You know, Cuomo strong-arming folks because he's like, ah, you know, like as he does with a lot of this stuff, he's strong-arming folks in the deals that maybe they wouldn't want to agree to. But But the point is, right, like. Well, they said they were gonna do this thing, so now because this deal's in place, it also prevents other folks from moving in because like, well, they got this turf, right? Like, so why would I wanna move in and try to compete here when this other company has a deal that they have to put in lines here? So again, yeah. we have created this the system where we have an expectation of lines being put in, of access to these services being, you know, promised, and now a a free market no longer exists for these services
0: and the free market would deliver it if they if these two companies were freed up to compete through and I guess it terrifies me to say but government-owned infrastructure okay that the fiber optics owned by the government and then REA and spectrum can compete for customers the customers are going to get a cheaper price then we see an effective way of the government like the government provides roads okay as a libertarian, I'm not really criticizing that. I'm saying, why do our roads cost 30000 a mile, and roads in Texas cost 10000 a mile? Let's fix that.
2: Now, that's a great question. All right, so we'll be back in a few minutes here on Radio Free New York with Tim O'Connor, candidate for New York State Senate in District 51. We will talk to you soon.
1: listening to Radio Free New York.
2: Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. And thanks again, everyone, for joining us on WYSL. We appreciate the phone calls in. Uh, If you want to participate in the conversation, give us a call at 585-346-3000. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. And we're, of course, getting comments online, too. You know, uh, Jay talking about... Uh, saying, you know, friend of mine got Spectrum down in Springwater, way out in the sticks, uh, able to do uh, Empire Access is apparently building stuff out in Ontario County, uh, a fiber ring out there too, and and following up with saying, you know, getting New York State bad deals out of the way and letting multiple smaller companies compete would be the best solution. Um, So, yeah, and, and, you know, again, people are uh, debating in the comments, which I appreciate, kind of the same debate, you know, like who who should pay for this, right? Like who should pay for it, how... um, should uh you know how should we do this um and i i got a question from mark Legowski, who is my, our our dear friend uh and, and hamlin uh love him and, and this is always his question he says will tim enroll in the libertarian party
0: i am a registered libertarian um so yeah i'll enroll i'm actually a, won my first election i'm going to be a state rep for jd6 so i'm going to help craft this these rules moving forward i'm going to help reach out and grow the libertarian party so i'm here for you mark
3: yeah
2: that's <laughs> a good friend mark you know we'll, we'll tease him a bit because that's always what he asks like you know we, we've we done like i've seen him do candidate interviews before and that's always you know hey well why not enroll libertarian He he's a, a strong advocate for the party but, you know, we, we want to talk about the big ideas here, though, because not, not everyone listening here today is, is going to be libertarian. And in fact, I think most people aren't. You know, they're, they're going to be Republicans, Democrats, independents. So, so besides the, the rural broadband issue, what are some of the big issues impacting your district? What, when you've been talking with voters, what have they been
0: saying is uh,
2: really important right now? Okay.
0: As libertarians, we're always talking about home rule. And when we go to talk to our elected officials, and this is a roundabout way of telling the story, so bear with me, guys. We go to our elected officials and we say, can we start pushing back on these unfunded mandates? And right here in my home county, the elected officials went ahead and crafted a law to suspend the 2% property tax cap. After telling us over and over again every rule that's handed to us by New York State, We have to go along with. So if they can suspend that rule. Why can't they suspend other rules? Why can't they. Why can't they endorse a A second amendment. County a sanctuary. Why can't we do that? And we can. And we know we can. If we can change the property tax cap. We can change other laws. That are going to benefit our communities. This one's going to raise everybody's taxes. Because New York State's not paying its bills. But. The other side is possible, too, and we got to start taking moves in that direction, period.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Totally, you know, uh, if, if these local governments can, can supersede the property tax, why, why, yeah, again, why not the regulations? Why not some of the unfunded mandates? Why not just let counties be counties? You know, it's something we, we always uh, talk about. Uh, so we did get another caller. Uh, Matt uh, is online from, uh, from Clarendon. Uh, Matt, what's on your mind?
1: Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, taking me on the program. I, uh, I actually have a couple questions for you. I, I missed a lot of the hemp discussion due to work, um, but I also am going to be closing on a farm pretty soon in the Clarendon area, you know, very rural. Most people would say Clarendon itself is rural, but um, I'm, I'm really interested in finding out more about the um, the rural Internet access Um I guess you could say program. I was considering talking with uh, Re- Representative Hawley about it, since I think it was him who really put it through. But um, I'm pretty passionate about, you know, growing different types of uh, fibers and whatnot for clothing. How can small farmers versus big farmers get in on the programs without having to pay that $500 um, fee? Yeah, see, that's
0: that's the one of the problems is the the government comes up with a, a bunch of rules that is going to make it hard for a guy like you to just throw hemp in your backyard. So what's the downside if you do just grow hemp in your backyard? They're going to fine you, brother. But they're going to have to try hard to do that. So is, why wouldn't you is there a way just to grow to hemp? Work with just
1: Go do on. it. <laughs> is there a <laughs> yeah. way to work with local Uh, colleges like, uh, let's say, SUNY Cobleskill or Morrisville, things like that, in order to do research plots for them. Is there a possibility of that area?
0: Uh, My understanding, Cornell Cooperative Extension, back when I was researching growing hops in upstate New York, they get very active in issues like this. They're Mm -hmm. a resource for information. They usually have a guy that will come out and talk with you, which is fantastic, okay? And now here I am like mm-hmm. big government talking about all the great things. Right. But but these <laughs> well, these know, things are being done.
2: You gotta navigate it, right? Like so yeah. that's that's what uh, Cornell Cooperative Extension and some of these other places are for. Because there's probably opportunities out there. You just you just gotta know how to navigate it well, and that's mm-hmm. that that's the tough part.
0: Yeah. So yeah. the, the part Good about part navigating hemp top. is selling it. All right, there's there's no processing facilities. There, you've got to take it mm-hmm. all the way south, somewhere south of Ulster County, and then there's one up north, but I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank right now. But we need more processing facilities, and that would help us grow hemp. Great.
2: Uh, so, Matt, we answer your question, or you have another one?
1: Uh, I wanted to chat a little bit about uh, the rural Internet issues. Um, if we've already paid for it, if my tax dollars have already gone towards it, shouldn't we try and implement it? But also, we have lived without Internet before. Um, I use my local library, for instance, in order to you know, download podcasts and whatnot and then go home and, and listen to them later. So sometimes thinking outside the box and not necessarily having it directly in your home is still a possibility. We just have to hopefully learn to work around some of those issues.
0: What I had suggested to the guy that I was talking to, because he, he used to work for me. He's very active. He's, he's building a compound up on top of a hill. And I'm like, get access to where the Internet is and build a little schoolhouse. Because that would be kind of epic. you know. So haul in a shed. Get, get six computers there, eight computers. Have the kids sign up. And then they don't have to drive 25 miles to get to school. Maybe they just jump on their four-wheeler. So there's creative solutions that I can suggest for each individual. But the reality is this deal has been made. They cut out licenses and swaths of territory. Territory, excuse me. And what happens is, is that it's not actually competitive. It's a corporatocracy. It's somebody buys yeah. a regulation. And that's the problem.
1: Yeah. Very excellent. good. Well, thanks for your time guys. I'll let you get back to the discussion and hop off with you, but thank you for your uh, your hey, comments. Thanks for the call, brother. I appreciate it. Really oh, man, do.
2: Fantastic. Thank you, Matt. Um yeah, so I mean again, well, lots of discussion on the internet issue. Apparently we should have been talking about this before, but <laughs> um but yeah, so that's um I mean that is what it is. And again, those creative solutions are are I think we where where it's at, right? Like, and we're seeing a lot of that in response to education right now, uh, in particular. You know, it's it, it's everywhere. We we've done a show on it here uh, on, on education plans here in Monroe County, um, and and some of the other surrounding school districts. And you know, well, well let me ask you about that. Like, well, how do you how do you feel about what's going on with the state of education in New York State now, with uh, everything being up in the air?
0: Well, basically, I think that the government response to COVID has been somewhat of a, a failure. Not that COVID isn't real, it is real. It's extremely dangerous. If you're over 60 years old, do everything you can to not get COVID, all right? But when we take a look at the school reopening plans, right now, inevitably, every school is gonna close back down. Our local plan, if one kid gets COVID, the entire school closes for two weeks. So we're not even gonna send our kids back they're going to participate in education online until the, either the guidance changes or by some miracle COVID goes away or we, we uh, recognize how dangerous it is for certain age groups. We start responding better.
2: Yeah. You know, and it, that, that that's interesting, you know, how, how many schools are doing this. Right. So they're like, Okay, um, you know, one kid gets sick, you're gonna shut down for two weeks. All right, what happens when another week later you find another kid who tests positive? You, you're just gonna keep shutting down over and over again. Like that's not functional, right?
0: You, you could know, literally in, in, be open for one day and close back down for another two weeks. That that's insane. All right, yeah. that doesn't work
2: not going to work yet and again the the, the promise to like the the expectation is that you know well parents are going to have somewhere safe for their kids to go for the day uh so they can you know go and go to work and whatnot and you know we, we can we can talk about how like maybe we don't always like that ideologically but that's that's kind of the promise that the state has made to folks so you know what you know how do we how do we readjust to the education system given the reality of the circumstances at hand maybe we'll continue this conversation uh In the final segment here on Radio Free New York, uh, joined again by Tim O'Connor, who's running for New York State Senate in District 51. We'll talk to you in a few. Video Free New York, I'm Kevin Wilson, host today, joined by Tim O'Connor, who is running for New York State Senate in District 51. We've been talking about rural broadband, rural internet, we're talking about education a little bit, and some of these education plans coming out, uh, you know, and these issues are kind of connected too, right? If, if a lot of schools are transitioning to, like, uh, hybrid models, or, or sometimes fully virtual models, if, if things get shut down, you know, th- these issues are connected. If you don't have access to the internet, that's going to be an issue. Right. So so, you know, what should New York State do anything to uh, help facilitate this type of learning or or and we we, have asked this question before uh, a couple weeks ago, should parents get some of their money back from the school system to be able to pursue their own education options?
0: Hey, if you're asking me. I'm telling you that we can reinvent education we can, We can do it so much better when we deal with the state, the argument could it be for us individuals? Let's provide education better and let's provide it cheaper. Now, one of the ways that that could be done is taking full advantage of the internet. Um, the kids don't socialize in chemistry class, they don't socialize in biology class. I listen to teachers and i and and I love my teacher friends, okay. That's silly. You don't want them socializing in history class. Where they socialize is in sports and plays and open gym and study hall. And that we can keep that and maybe save money, maybe save our communities, maybe keep a school open by using the Internet. And that would be huge because these things can be the cultural centers of our communities. They can grow our communities instead of – Taking more and more money and answering to the state with stuff that doesn't make any sense to our communities. We, and we see that that's an issue, okay? We, our kids come home with crazy ideas. They want to talk to us about politics. And you want them to tell you what they learned about in math or what they learned about in history. And I don't know, man. We, I don't need that stuff in school. My kids are smart. They're going to do great on the, on the online options. So I'll, it's fine.
2: Yeah, you know, and that's that's why I always think. It's like there, there's probably great online options for, you know, the curriculums and, and pedagogies that have been developed specifically for that purpose. And you know, and this isn't to knock the teachers. Like I know many incredibly hardworking teachers who are trying to make this work, and I'm not I'm not trying to knock those. But there right. are, there are professionals who are out doing this. They built effective online learning strategies that like could be a great benefit to kids who aren't able to be in the classroom, right? And they're just going to be more effective at, at hitting those core concepts and maybe finding better ways for, for kids to be able to access those materials is maybe yeah. a better solution than, than what we're trying to do now, which is trying to clump together this, this you know, uh, schooling model that, that is very difficult to implement during a pandemic
0: it is it's and the schooling model and this is again with all due respect to the people doing the hard work in the education system all right it's aimed towards the low middle of performance and that the internet can open up avenues of creativity and advancement and it can also help kids at the low end at the same time with their kids process things at different speeds so the internet can help them take advantage of their processing speed. Right, they can
2: learn I, at their own pace, right?
0: You know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Thank you for simplifying it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and so it is, you know, because sometimes you get in these, you know, classroom miles, and you know, the the whole class has got to move on at some point and stuff, right? Like, you just got to go, like, let's pick the average, and we're going to learn at this pace, and this is how, like, you know, the the bell curve of kids is going to learn, right? You know, some Correct. kids are going to be like, oh, I got this stuff from board, and then some kids are like, I do not get this stuff. We need to stop. And and a lot of those kids end up falling behind in that system
0: yeah they they do man and then the kids that could learn so much more so much faster also don't meet the best of their ability okay they're they're stifled they're stymied they're held back so how do we fix it the internet's a possible fix while we can save our schools and these community centers and as a libertarian maybe i sound crazy but that stuff's important to me
2: Oh, yeah, it is. You know, I think education's important, right? Like we we don't yeah. want education. We're just saying, like maybe the one size fits all government model doesn't have to be what we do. There, there are more possibilities out there.
0: That's exactly what we're saying, man. We I, there's pe- models in Wisconsin where they grant people money and they say, here, pursue your education, get out there and find the right school for you, find the right interest track for you, and take advantage of it. Now. New York's overall educational performance isn't that great anyway. So we ought to be thinking about reinventing this stuff. It's not like we're doing – we're not even doing better than Kentucky. And I love the people in Kentucky. They, they've told me stories. Their area is like my area. It's the same thing. There used to be factories. There used to be farms. There's, there's stuff that used to happen that's not happening. But our education model in New York needs improvement.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, now, we got like five minutes left, so I want to give you a, any other big issues that you want to mention and talk about here.
0: Um, well, i, I kind of losing my... We, we got into some great issues, education, um, the cable infrastructure, and it, the solutions to, to home rule and taking advantage of the fact that we can make laws that benefit our communities. But in New York, invariably, everywhere you look, taxes are too high, uh, regulations are too oppressive, and every time you turn around, you feel like you're going to end up with a boot on your neck from the government, from Andrew Cuomo. Um, One of my big issues is we actually had to go to Rand Paul in upstate New York who came to us and offered us representation. Guys, Democrats, Republicans, all of you guys need to do better offering us real representation, okay? This COVID response... Andrew Cuomo and granting him executive powers, guys, our legislator, they should be embarrassed. Whether they're a Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter. It's not a party issue. This guy's executive order should have sunsetted and been renegotiated at least three times by now.
2: Yeah, right. So it's, 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 it's extended through what April of next year. Like it's it's a long, long executive order. So functionally, we have a dictatorship in New York State right now.
0: Yeah. And it's not like he wasn't a dictator before. It's just worse. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> you know, you know, he always seemed to find ways around stuff. Like if he really wanted something passed, Governor Cuomo gets it done. Like there's well, he declares I know executive
0: twisting. legislative orders and so there's no debate and we pass 893 laws in 1 year. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: No, just just a ridiculous number of laws, ridiculous number of changes, and 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 we're still in limbo. Some businesses are still in limbo in relation to this COVID response. Like oh, gyms, we're yeah. still being told they're still being told like, well, we, we don't know when you guys are going to be able to open. It's just too unsafe. We're able to open schools, but not gyms.
0: So we can arbitrary. open. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, that's another one that sets me off. We can't open gyms when your personal health is obviously a way to fight a COVID attack on your body. It doesn't. Uh, it, we don't make sense. These guys don't make sense. I don't want to say we because I don't. I don't want to take any responsibility for the decisions <laughs> Andrew Cuomo has made, it, the Moreland Commission. I mean, these things. This guy has told us who he was, who he is, over and over again. Period. Yeah.
2: And so, you know, if if you're elected, then you know, I, I assume you will work to to hold the governor accountable and to make sure that the legislative branch functions a bit better.
0: Yeah. As, as a state senator, my most valuable thing will be a platform, and that platform will be used to go from community to community to explain to them that they have the ability to make laws that benefit their community and that they don't have to cooperate with the state. The state's broke anyway. They're not, they're not paying the communities out on their infrastructure. They're not paying them out on the, the requirements that the state says, hey, we're going to give you X amount of dollars for. They're not meeting up with it. They're not meeting their obligations. We should be yeah. remaking those laws today, pushing back against unfunded mandates. Can I give myself a shout-out? At Tim for yeah. 51 on Facebook and Tim for New York State Senate on Twitter.
2: Uh, see, Tim, you're a pro. I was just about to ask you to do it. You, you got it for me. All right, All right so right, that's where you can find Tim. Tim, thank you so much for joining us today on Radio had a Free News. man. I hope right, you'll me back, man. I hope I did Yeah, it's yeah, it a good conversation. All right, I'll be back tomorrow at noon. Talk to you then, y'all.